0: I just want to reiterate, um, hopefully we'll continue to hear from more people, but Skylar, Lindsay, Wyatt, Lucy, we're super grateful for you guys, and uh, I mean, if you've ever been on the end of receiving end of a Lucy hug, you know how special they are, and so uh, we're grateful for you guys' presence and the joy that you guys bring. I mean, one of the things every Monday morning, Jordan and I get together, and uh he, usually we just kind of go through our weeks and and make some time to connect and usually a portion of that is something that Lindsay has taken at youth group and made infinitely better because of her touch on stuff so super grateful for you guys and all you mean to us and so uh, as we move into this next portion um we're, we're gonna mix business and pleasure i suppose um and so just uh, off the top docket um, if you are a member here, which you would have received some emails if you are, um, in order to be a member, there's a few things that are required per our bylaws. Um, and that's a uh, filling out a membership packet and a, a meeting with um, some conglomeration of the elder team um, and then announcing that in front of the service. And so if you are a member and you didn't get a chance to sneak into the conference room or receive a ballot, I see Nathan at the back. Um, he's got one of those for you. If you're not sure if you're like in or out. he's got the list back there so I mean we all know each other it's a family environment if you want to sneak up and go ask him no no worries and you're gonna get a chance to turn those in here in a little bit and uh, just so I can explain to the the whole of us here uh, what's going on so per our bylaws we have to have an annual meeting Um, and in this annual meeting we go through the, the yearly budget, we affirm uh, the elder uh, or the nominating committee's nominations for new elders, and then we reaffirm the officers that hold different positions in our church's leadership and organizational structure. And uh, so if you don't know, our church is led by a group of people called the elders. And the elders are responsible for the spiritual oversight of this congregation and this flock. Um, so if you have a ballot, um, I'll explain to you what you're looking at. And if you don't, I'll explain it to you anyways. Our elders serve in, um, th- in three-year chunks, um, three-year terms, and they're uh, eligible to serve two of those uh, butted up together. Um, and so... Yearly, we get together because someone's always rolling off the team because of that rotation, that schedule. Yearly, we get together and uh, a nominating committee is formed um, through the membership pool. And we just seek the Lord and pray and say, God, who might you be inviting us, uh, inviting to help uh, lead and oversee um, the, the ministry and the spiritual health of Connection Church? And so I want to say a uh, quick thank you. Rachel, is Sam in here? Okay, no worries, sorry. Security, great. That shows what kind of guy Sam is. Uh, So Sam George has been an elder. He's stepping off after six years, two two three-year terms butted up to each other. Uh, We were reflecting at his last elder meeting. Um, When he came on, um, Corey's six and a half, and, uh, and he had just left his job. Um, Full time at his family's greenhouse company to to go all in on Mad Goat and uh, new baby at home and I was like Sam what were you thinking He was like I don't know it seemed right at the time uh, but just if you know Sam you know Rachel we're super grateful for their involvement and their uh, their hand at the wheel Sam has been uh, a great sounding board for me when they, when I get into sticky situations and go I don't know what are you thinking here um, but on top of that they're not the type of leaders that sit back. From afar and um, and and just like oversee, their hands are very very dirty with the ministry here at Connection. Um, serving in kids ministry and worship ministry, um, they have just been a phenomenal couple to to help. Um, lead. And so we're grateful for Sam and his presence. And then uh, apparently this is the section where elders rolling off sit because Brian right in front of them, Brian Blackford, uh, is, is rolling off after a three-year term. And again, just grateful for him. And the, the amount of times he's reminded the elder team and reminded us as a church uh, family to, like, we, we just have to trust God. We can't not trust God. There's no other option. And that's been his resounding uh, resentment claim that like we we can't stop trusting God Um, and so I'm grateful for guys like Sam and guys like Brian who have been those steady hands at the wheel through through some really hard seasons uh, of ministry and what they've given Um, and so if you get a chance today hug their necks tell them thank you because they've been uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that the other team does that uh, that you guys would never know about, and, and it's great. And but they're contending before the Lord uh, for this body, and they're and they're engaging in real life-changing ministry. It's all wonderful stuff. So uh, I wanted to pause, say thank you to them. But on the the elder or on the ballots, what you'll see is uh, we have two nominations for elder. I want to reiterate that we are not. Uh, our system does not work where you are voting for one or the other Uh, you have the opportunity to simply affirm the nominating works committee and uh, the people that you'll see or you won't see is uh, Jordan Lang, Tony Greer, Uh, They're both being nominated, they've both been nominated for elder and you have an opportunity to affirm that nomination. Um, And then the other thing you'll see on there is the officers and that's just a yearly thing we have to do. Uh, We've got Todd Davis as the treasurer, Christy Powell as the assistant treasurer, uh, and then Nathan Lynch as the secretary. So you'll have an opportunity to uh, turn those in here in a little bit. Um, But before we do that, I want to set the stage for us a little bit because um, I've been to stuff like this where you try and like mix the business and pleasure, if you will, and uh, you like call them like vision Sundays, and you're like, we're gonna rally around this new and exciting idea, and that's great. I love getting excited, like Jordan said, I love getting excited about church ministry. I I uh, feel like my job is a calling, but I. Uh, but I probably wouldn't choose to do it year after year if I wasn't like excited and passionate about any yeah, other hard stuff inside it. But I love it, um, so I want to. I want to be excited about what God's doing, but I also want to be hesitant to uh, go above and beyond and like we're recasting this vision for where Connection Church is headed and here's the ministries we're going to engage with because I think that's also a little bit herky-jerky at the steering wheel like all over the place like and this year we're going to get really excited about this thing and the next year we're going to get really excited about this thing and, and I think it's uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again uh, following Jesus is not complicated it is simple it's not easy but it is not complicated. And so rather than casting vision, I think I want to frame it with a little bit of uh, bringing us back to a healthy center of saying, this is what God demands of us in light of his sacrifice and in light of what obedience looks like to him. Uh, let's, let's not go. There's a lot of things we can do, so what are the things that we should do given who God is and what he might be inviting us into, which then uh, beckons the question, why does the church exist? Why does the church exist? Because, I don't know about you, I am here, I know it's my job, but I am here voluntarily. You are probably in this room somewhat voluntarily. Now, there might be some underlying, like I shoulds or I oughtas, but we are here voluntarily. So why in the world, I know it's like one degree out right now, and there's not much else we could be doing, uh, but why do we choose to show up and participate and be a part of this, <clears throat> beyond the, the maybe guilt or the, the shoulda, woulda, couldas, and, uh, because there's a church that's bigger than just connection. We belong to the, the global, the universal church, and... and um, Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news or burst anyone's bubble, but we do not by any means have the right way of doing ministry. Like, I don't know if we're going to get to heaven and sit in a heavenly worship service, and you're going to be like, that was exactly like one of connection services. Like, that was, we, we just hit the nail on the head. I hope we're, like, striving towards faithfulness, and I hope we're, we're making some real strides there. I hope we're pursuing God together. Uh, but I don't think we necessarily have a monopoly on what the spiritual practices look like. And so why does the church exist, and what, what, are, what are we going to be about as connection? <laughs> And the thing that I've thought about as I as I uh, think about these questions, I keep coming back to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Jesus is ascending into heaven, and these guys that have walked with him through three years, through thick and thin, uh, have experienced loss, have experienced suffering, have experienced heartache. These are his last words to them, uh, words of instruction to say, go and do this. He said, then Jesus came to, in, to them, the group of disciples saying, they said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore because the authority has been given to Jesus therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always even to the very end of the age so with the authority that Jesus has been given he gives his followers some simple Not complicated, not easy, but some simple commands. He says, go and make disciples, which is a blanket term that we can uh, put under, (coughs) uh, evangelism under. Go and make disciples, because at some point we're going to have to go and share the good news. And at some point we're going to have to go, uh, that good news necessitates a response from you. And at some point that response is Lord willing, because the good news is good. We're going to see people respond to that good news that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God being rich in mercy has brought us back to life through his sacrifice on the cross. So he's saying, go and evangelize, go and make disciples, baptize them, bring them into this fold. That's what baptism is. It's a symbol of what God has done and his entrance into the covenant community that we call the church. And then disciple them. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. So there's an element of introduction, there's an element of entrance, and there's, there's an element of instruction where you're going, this is what it means to follow God over the long haul. Which means you want to sum all of this up in one foul swoop, disciple-making needs to be at the core of who we are and what we do. And I don't mean that just as like we're going to be unique as Connection Church because we are all about making disciples. What I mean is every church on the face of the planet ought to be terribly concerned with making disciples. To not be would be the equivalent uh, of opening up a Dairy Queen and saying we don't do the ice cream thing. Like, we got hot dogs and sandwiches, and if you ever had our flamethrower burger, that's by far just personal. note, my favorite thing at Dairy Queen, but uh, it, like we don't do the whole ice cream thing. you like, time out, isn't it, It's like Dairy Queen, isn't that part? Isn't that the wholeness of what you do? Isn't that kind of why you exist? then your name? It's the same way when a church just says we ought to be like a, a big family. Sure, that ought to be a part of it. But we can't forsake disciple-making. And as disciple-makers, we are actively bringing God's kingdom rule and reign down to earth. I've talked about this before, but the Old Testament, if you go through the whole of the Old Testament laws, they're super concerned with what is unclean, touching what is clean, and making it unclean. So if I'm, I'm not sick, Jeff. I'm going to come to you, though. I don't want you to think I'm actually infecting you, okay? <laughs> um, if I'm unclean, let's say I touch a dead body, or or like you fill in the blank, or I ate something that I shouldn't, or, uh, yeah, you fill in the blank. I touch an animal that I shouldn't, I eat an animal that I shouldn't. Uh, if I'm unclean and I go and I touch Jeff, uh, he, by proximity and by transmission, becomes, Old Testament, unclean, okay? Okay? Um, the Old Testament is super concerned with this. And it's not, it's not sinful and uh, unsinful. We can't put those words in. It's clean and unclean. Because uh, the, the uncleanliness reminds us that the world is broken, the world's desperately in need of God. What happens then when Jesus comes onto the scene? Jesus. Actively goes into the unclean spaces. And what does he do? Touches them. Makes contact with them. But what happens? Does Jesus then become unclean? No, this is what we see, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Jesus is taking his holiness, his set-apartness, his cleanness, and he's touching the uncleanness. I think about, Jordan preached about the woman with blood. When they came into contact with each other, Jesus didn't become unclean. The woman was healed. And so as disciple-makers and Jesus-followers, we have an obligation to bring God's rule and reign down to earth to be the bearers of the good news, to be the bearers of God's kingdom and to invade what is broken and dark, but we don't have to be scared about going into what's broken and dark because the Gospel of John reminds us that Christ's light shines in the darkness and the darkness was overcome by it. Like like God is with us. We are to enter the world and establish his rule and reign and this is our obligation as Jesus. Jesus people and disciple makers. We begin to build out these pockets of heaven on earth. That again, we can experience God's rule and reign both in our lives and in our communities. Uh, If you go in our our, uh, (coughs) coffee area, you'll see a, a poster hanging above the coffee bar. Does anybody know by chance what it says? There you go, Katrina, in Vermilion County as it is in heaven. That's why we use language like that. Like our hope is that God's kingdom will rule and reign in our lives and in Vermilion County. Because I know there's people coming from other places, but hopefully that's a blanket enough statement that we get what we're getting at when we say it. Uh, That God is ruling and reigning in our lives. And that uh, as disciple makers, we're carving out these pockets of heaven on earth where we see God ruling and reigning in those areas. And then we make disciples and we see God rule and reign in their lives and then we're constantly being disciples because we're always undone and we see more of God's rule and reign in our lives and we begin to see God's kingdom established in this church and in our families and in our communities and eventually in the world. <clears throat> but this is a big undertaking. I mean, population of Danville alone, 33, 32,000. This is a lot. There's a lot to do. And we have two options. I talk about uh, uh, pressure like this can either crush us or it can propel us. And I think the author of Hebrews knew about this idea that like there's an expectation with our faith that we are to be disciple makers, teaching people, uh, bringing people into the fold, entrance into the covenant community. (laughs) And the the author of Hebrews uh, lays out this giant list in Hebrews 11 about these people that have gone before us and lived by faith. And then he turns to, to chapter 12, and he says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. We are to be, as Connection Church, but more importantly as the Universal Church, we are to be disciple makers. This is a big undertaking. The author of Hebrews reminds us that we are not doing this alone. It says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And when you look down at that great cloud of witnesses, it was people who were obedient to the commands of God even when it was incredibly hard. And what this reminds me of is that we are not doing church in isolation. We're not doing church in isolation because there are. I should have, if I would have done due, uh, good due diligence. Uh, we're not, uh, there's other churches in Vermilion County, Lord willing, working towards the same end. It's not all on us. We don't have to take on the weight of the world. And that's great news because we could never, uh, never hold up the weight of the world. <clears throat> we are working in conjunction with other Jesus followers who are maybe gathering under other banners and other church names, but we're working towards the same end. But, uh, but another thing it reminds me of is that we don't exist a- as Jesus followers in isolation in history. There are Jesus followers that have come before us, and Lord willing, if we are faithful and obedient to what God has asked us to do, there will be Jesus followers that uh, will come after us. You guys have probably heard this name before, but the guy that baptized me, uh, I had the pleasure of working with at First Church. His name was Jim Martin. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He was following Jesus uh, long before I arrived on the scene. He's gone to be with the Lord. I'm still doing my best to be obedient to God day by day. And Lord willing, I'm going to pass on my faith to someone else so we don't exist in isolation. There's people in the Old Testament following God. There's people in the New Testament following God, trying to be obedient. We received the gospel message from someone if you in this room are saying, I've submitted, I surrendered myself to the lordship of Jesus, of trust in his sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins and life abundant and life eternal. If you are saying that, you have received the good news of Jesus from someone. You now have an obligation and a responsibility to make sure that you are not the last bearer of that good news. We belong to something way bigger than ourselves. And it's so much bigger than like the culture that we find ourselves in living here in Danville and Illinois and the United States. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than the language we speak. You know, there's Jesus followers all around the world that don't speak English. This might be mind-boggling to you, but this is so much bigger than our expression. This is so much bigger than our community. This is so much bigger than our country. This is so much bigger than our preferences. We have an obligation to to be propitiators, to be uh, uh, baton-hander-offers to the next generation of Jesus followers. That doesn't mean we, we only focus on young people. No, there are neighbors and coworkers and family members all around you who may not be young people, but who desperately need the good news of Jesus, but it ought not stop with you. Uh, a guy that was in my wedding, uh, he was our high school quarterback, uh, his name is Logan Rayer, and graduated, went and played uh, uh, college football at uh, Indiana State, and a uh, dear friend of mine, and what I love about uh, Logan is he graduated college. He went on staff with uh, something called campus outreach, uh, outreach ministry on college campuses, and Logan had a clear line of faith that he goes, He like he graduated. He went to ISU. A lot of people go to Division I college, state school, party it up. He found the Lord. He Caught on fire. It was incredible to see. And he's able to go, I have my faith because this upperclassman passed me, uh, passed me his faith. He shared the good news of Jesus with me. And then he was able to then point and go, and I'm discipling this person and this person and this person so that the faith doesn't stop with me. And then they're going to go disciple this person and this person. And we saw this perpetuation of the good news of Jesus go through all of his college campus. So he, he worked at Indiana State, and then he worked at a college up in Fort Wayne called St. Francis. It was a beautiful beautiful thing. We don't exist in isolation, though, which means your faith ought not to be in isolation. It it came to you from someone. It needs to be passed to someone else from you. If we're being faithful to God's grand mission of redemption, meaning disciple-making, we ought to hand something off to the next generation of believers so there's a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on we don't exist in isolation (laughs) and and then those witnesses what they're cheering on cheering us on to is to uh, run with perseverance don't lose heart don't grow weary because like look at who jesus is look at what he's done for you being faithful to the mission of god is far more than this like flash in a pan christianity I feel like today's been my uh, greatest hits of stories and uh, book recommendations, but I've talked to you guys about this before. Favorite book of all time is uh, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. And what it reminds me of is that our entire lives, like, there's going to be high points, there's going to be low points, but what we're aiming at is continued obedience to God, following Him In faithfulness, um, and it's gonna happen over the long haul. So run with perseverance. I know what we've been asked to do is hard. I know it's weighty, and I know it's easy to grow weary, but there's people that have come before us that have borne the weight of it. Jesus, through his uh, death, burial, and resurrection, gives us strength and the power to do it. Don't lose heart. And then lastly, uh, fix our eyes on Jesus. That is our metric of faithfulness. Are we being faithful to Jesus? Not not are we bursting out of the seams here and and, uh, everyone in here has multiplied themselves by making a disciple. Lord willing, we're going to see growth, and Lord willing, we'll see growth in ourselves, but our obedience is measured by, or our success is measured by obedience to Jesus. connection, we ought to be about disciple-making. We ought to be about running with perseverance the race marked ahead of us of what it looks like to say, this faith has changed me. This faith means something to me. There are a million other things I could be doing right now. But this has so radically transformed my heart, my life, my actions that I can't not gather with God's people. I can't not disciple others. I can't not invite others into God's grand mission of redemption and love. I can't not point others back to God because of what he means for me. So just as we wrap up, what does this look like specifically over over the coming uh, the the coming year, and there's three things that I uh, outline that I want to see us grow in. And the first one is growing in the basics. There's a, uh, a danger in Christianity that the longer you've been around church, following Jesus, th- there's a danger to creep in, that creeps in that that whispers in your ear like probably outgrown prayer, right? Like you, you're probably beyond Bible study. You're probably beyond service. You're probably beyond giving. Uh, and, and I just want to scrap that with, with every ounce of strength in me because there are stuff like following Jesus is simple. He says, this is what it looks like. Be obedient to me. He gives us these practices of connection to him. It is not convoluted and it's not complicated, but we have to stick to the basics of obedience, some practical ways that we're going to do this. I'm inviting you guys right now to, uh, to mark off the month of March on Sunday mornings. We're going to host another Practicing the Way uh, session. Last time we talked about prayer. This time we're going to talk about Sabbath, what it looks like to have like, genuine and true rest. Not rest of like, oh, I'm really tired from work and I just need a day off, but like rest in the Lord, where we're aware of his presence, and we dwell with him, and we enjoy it, and it's good. Uh, We're starting something. Um, The first one is this week, the fourth Wednesday of every month. We're going to get together at six o'clock. Your kids are invited. We're going to sit in this room, and we're going to seek the Lord in prayer together. uh, There's going to be some different prompts, and some of the stuff will be private. Some of the stuff will be communal, but we're going to grow in prayer, and one of the ways you grow in prayer is just by praying. Another basic that I want to see us grow in is how we engage with Scripture and that this doesn't have to be the only context where we open up God's Word and encounter it together. It's beautiful. I love it, but I want to be able to give you guys tools that you put in your toolbox that on a Tuesday morning or Tuesday evening you can open up your Bible and you can encounter God through the Scriptures in that way. February 10th, mark it off, it's Saturday. It's all on the calendar out there. So I'm giving you lots of stuff right now. Uh, But we're going to spend just a couple hours in the morning talking about what it means to open up Scripture and how we can do that better to encounter God. Uh, I want to see us grow in how we give. Todd's going to talk about some opportunities for giving here in a little bit. I want to see us both in our uh, ongoing and, and reoccurring and then both like challenging and stretch ourselves to give more and give more and say, God, we're trusting you with everything. Um, I want to see us grow in in how we serve and how we say uh, just specific ways. Like there's so many of you that are faithful to cleaning up coffee in the mornings. and uh, But beyond that, like uh, children's ministry and student ministry, partnering alongside uh, Young people who are uh, building this faith right now, what does it look like for you to say no i 've got an availability one one Sunday a month. I can go downstairs and and serve and, and be faithful in that way. I want us to grow in the basics because we will never graduate from them. I want us to grow together i don 't want us to forsake this thing this is important. Yes, we will go make disciples, but we will not do it in, in, uh, in an effort to forsake this gathering because this is just important to build one another up, uh, to be people's support system. Lindsay talked about that this morning, that like there was a support system here when they walked through hard things. I've seen that time and time again. I want us to continue to grow together. Being unified. We're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. Um, being discipled so that we're growing too. It's not just like us going and training others, but that we're growing up in our faith too. A couple of ways that we can do this is we have small groups. Uh, our, Amanda and I has just kicked off this week. There's an opportunity for you to join us there. We'd love to have you. I know uh, Sam and Rachel's that meets on Thursday nights. Um, they're, they're open and, and ready and wanting people to join that. I know Pete and Christie's that meets on Saturdays again, another opportunity. Or maybe you're like, none of those days work for me, but I could really do Wednesdays. Well, maybe God is inviting you to be the leader of that small group. Come talk to me. We'll figure that out. Uh, But I want us to grow together. And then uh, another way uh, of growing together is pledging fidelity to this gathering, saying, this means something to me. I'm committing myself to these people uh, through membership. In April, we're going to have a a Connection 101 class uh, that meets on a uh, Sunday morning after church, we'll stick around for lunch together and uh, we'll just talk about what membership means and kind of what we have, what we believe and what we have going on here at Connection. So I want us to go in the basics. I want us to grow together. And then lastly, the, the, what I spent the bulk of our time on, I want us to grow through discipleship. Meaning, right now, and I know Jordan's talked about this um, I know Jordan's talked about this on several occasions, uh, challenging us with those packets in the back of like, here's a tool chest for how to share your faith. Um, But can we invite the Holy Spirit right now Just just to whisper one name into your heart? Go over the coming year, I'm just going to intentionally go out of my way time and time again to disciple this person. And maybe it's someone who's like really young in the faith, that you're like, I can take this person under my wing. Maybe it's someone who uh, is outside the faith entirely, and you're going to be their introduction. Uh, But can we just listen enough to let the Holy Spirit say, "Uh, I want you, discipleship means so much to us as a church. That we're all going to commit to going, I'm going to regularly and intentionally share my faith with another person outside of these walls, outside of this gathering, so that I might see the gospel move on to the next generation of believers. And this is the healthy center I want us to live in. Disciple-making, seeking the Lord, growing together, experiencing the vibrant life that Jesus has to offer. So one of the ways we're going to practice this growing together is we're going to receive the Lord's table today. Uh, so a couple of practical instructions. I've got one right here. I've got one in uh, the back. If you have a ballot that you haven't turned in yet, there's a jar on each of them that you can uh, turn that into. Um, but what I want us to focus on as we uh, remember the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection, and the good news that that is to us is the, the scope of what this invites us into. The reality that that God's good news, that we're receiving the, the, the body and the blood of sacrifice of Jesus in these moments, that God's good news is not just for us. For God so loved the world, everyone, all of it. So what would it look like for us to be bearers of that good news? So I'm going to pray for us. The song's going to play. Uh, Come grab the elements. Again, one here, one in the back. We'll take together once the song is over. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of these people gathered together in your name for your glory. Lord, forgive us for the the ways in which we uh, have been unfaithful to your call of discipleship and obedience. Lord, uh, we just ask that you will give us your power and your strength to be about the things that you want us to be about and to do the things that you want us to do. God, your mission, your plan for the world is good. We are just overjoyed that we get to be a part of it. So we just ask that you bless this time now as we remember you. And ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Come and receive.